0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. So I'm not a bad person for walking into Gucci and saying, hey, how much is that bag? And saying, oh, darn, I can't afford it and walking out. It's bad if you try to undervalue someone. It's bad if somebody tells you what they're willing to work for and you try to kind of, you know, coerce them into going lower and lower. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to the Freelance Friday Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, welcome back to my YouTube channel. Don't forget that for these podcasts and for any video, really, I know that I talk pretty slow in them, so you can always speed them up. I'll, I'll show you how on the screen right here. And you can actually do that on the podcasting apps, on most of them at least, too. So if I'm talking a little too slow for you, I won't be offended if you speed me up a little bit. So today I am sharing an episode all about negotiation. I actually talked about this a bit in my uh, Facebook group the other day. I mentioned that I turned down a pretty sizable contract and that I kind of had like a hashtag waste my time 2019 situation. And a lot of you were curious about you know how I go about talking through those contracts and, and why I said no to that one. Obviously I'm not gonna be speaking to that situation exactly it's going to be a combination of different situations because you know that's just not profesh, right but yeah definitely just want to talk to you about how I kind of vet different contracts how I negotiate how I stand my ground and stay true to myself and and uh, really get what I'm worth in terms of money but also in terms of working environments and just project types and things like that so that's what we're talking about today before we hop into the content, I wanted to, of course, read an iTunes review. And this is my Canada family. <laughs> this is another Canadian review. I'm actually recording this on Canada Day. I uh, it'll be passed by the time this episode goes up, but happy Canada Day. And this one says it's from Good Times33, authentic and informative. Latasha brings a unique and authentic perspective on freelancing all the while educating the audience with actionable ideas for one's business. An excellent show. So thank you so much for that review. Please do take a minute to review the show if you haven't yet. This is actually the third to last episode in the season. So you don't have much more time to be featured. I mean, I'll read up next season too, but I'm gonna take a little summer break soon. So make sure to subscribe in your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can be, uh, you know, make sure that you keep up on the rest of the episodes. Okay. So here's the thing about negotiation. First two most important and really like the only things that you need to hear, uh, be prepared for negotiation. This is hard to hear because I always compare this to like my hair salon. You can't tell right now because it's hot as heck out, but I get my hair blow dried like every week or every other week or something like that. I pay the price that is listed. Sometimes it goes up. In fact, my salon raised the prices recently. Whatever. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to say, hey, I come here every single week and so I deserve a discount. But even that's different. Like even a loyalty discount, I can kind of empathize for, understand a little bit. The types of discounts that I'm asked for or negotiations that I deal with aren't loyalty. They're just like hey, can you just give me a lower, lower rate? It's it's weird to me because I just don't do that, but be prepared for it. That is something that you will deal with, probably. I'm not saying with every client. I, I always am prepared for a bit of negotiation. It doesn't mean that I'm always going to budge on my pricing, but I'm prepared to have the conversation. And I'm not saying that all people who negotiate are bad people or bad clients. Obviously, I'm not saying that, but it is, I think, an indicator for me that the relationship is probably going to go pretty smoothly if the client just kind of, you know, takes my recommendation, maybe asks follow-up questions, but doesn't try to haggle back and forth. But with that said, I mean, I've had amazing clients who did do the haggling thing. So it goes both ways. It is what it is, you can't always plan for it, but you can prepare for it. So that's number one. Be prepared for a bit of negotiation, be able to just have a conversation, talk through your proposal. This is why I always recommend talking through a proposal too, as opposed to just sending off a document or a pitch deck or whatever it is, and like hoping for the best. I definitely recommend setting up a call, screen sharing over that proposal, walking them through every line item because we can say something like, okay, yeah, and we charge, you know, thousand dollars for social media, like a full service social media management and community management package. So, you know, you might break it out by line item and say, yeah. 300 of that is for community management or crisis management or whatever. I'm making things up off the top of my head. You could say that and they might not really like know what that means and they might be like, oh, let's just take off the crisis management. When really you're like, no, you need somebody watching your inboxes. That's what that means or watching out for, you know, certain safety uh, issues and things like that. So anyway, it's good to have somebody there to talk them through. Number two is know your rates. So this is something that I'm still really working on because I don't know, I it's hard for me sometimes to come up with rates off the top of my head or to come up with rates quickly when in a situation. And I think that it's it makes you appear, it makes me appear very flighty, not taking this seriously, very green. When I do that, when I'm like, Oh, hold on. Like, you know, no matter how seriously you take my business, no matter how long I've been in business, I think that it does give off that impression for some reason. And I'm not sure why it's so hard for me to think about. I I think I'm bad at math. I mean, I know I'm bad at math and I honestly think that has something to do with it. And I'm also a very very much a perfectionist and like a very much a double checker, so I don't want to say, "Oh, that's going to be $500," and then I'm like, "Shoot, that is actually 750. I missed something." So, I think that's kind of why, but If you have to make a chart make a pricing sheet obviously knowing that these things are going to change this is actually one of the things that i i work with most of my coaching clients on when kind of like in week two three four like early on in our relationship i'll have them break out their services and and write out their pricing like their base or standard pricing for each item that they or service that they offer and this is helpful because like i said you know you might change it of course just depending on a bunch of different things but you'll at least know your starting rates and kind of a ballpark if somebody says oh what's a ballpark you can say oh it's like around this range so definitely recommend maybe starting with that but know your rates because During the negotiation process, you will start questioning everything. You will start feeling like I am way overcharging or I am way undercharging or yada 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 or maybe I could do it for that actually because $100 is better than $0. You will go through all of those things. So know what your range is and do not go go below that low, you know, the low end of the range. Obviously, we've all taken projects that we're not within our range. I know I have. I have taken projects just out of panic or just because I felt bad or because I really wanted to work with that business or something. And I'm not gonna say that they've all turned out bad because no, some of those have been amazing like portfolio projects. And I don't know your life situation. If you are you know, struggling to pay your rent next month, by all means, take a couple hundred dollar projects, suck it up and get your rent paid, you know? I've been there, (laughs) but if you have a bit of cushion and are able to really, you know, you know, I just wanna put that disclaimer out because I know everybody's situations are different and sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. We all know that I have. So anyway, know what your kind of get out of bed rate is. (laughs) This sounds, again, this sounds kind of like superficial, I think, but there is a certain number that is not, it's going to literally, it's going to cost me more money to onboard a client, to, you know, get paperwork done, to, uh, you know, my, my accounting fees and things like that, my taxes. It's literally going to cost me more to work with a client than not. I know what that rate is. I know what my rate is to where it's not going to cost me in my personal life either. And, and, you know, mental health and self-care and all that good stuff. So know what that rate is. That might be 200 bucks. That might be 2,000 bucks. I don't know. It's going to be different for all of you, but know that going into this conversation. Now, when you're in the negotiation, conversation phase, whatever it is, first thing before you even send over a proposal, I recommend asking a budget because the more information at the outset, the better. I have gotten myself in really weird situations when There was no budget discussion to begin with. You know, that's usually when I get myself in the weirder, the weirdest situations because we're both going in blind and we could very, we could be such a non-match, like whatever the opposite of a match is, such a misfit. And we spend hours and hours and hours together on the phone or in meetings. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, like they were expecting $300 and I was expecting 3000. That was a giant waste of both people's times and I want to make that clear in this episode too. Like I'm not saying your, you know, clients who negotiate or who can't afford your services are bad people. Obviously. Like I can't afford, you know, 10,000 Gucci bags, okay? I'm not a bad person. Um and honestly, I don't know how much money Gucci bags cost, to be honest with you. So I'm not a bad person for walking into Gucci and saying, hey, how much is that bag? And saying, oh darn, I can't afford it and walking out. It's bad if you you know, try to undervalue someone. It's bad if somebody tells you what they're willing to work for and you try to kind of, you know, coerce them into going lower and lower or sneaking things into contracts that you didn't talk about on the phone, which I've dealt with before. And that's, that's what makes you not a nice person. So I just want to clarify that. And I think it's up to you as the freelancer to also be realistic too. It shouldn't be this big secret. Like I'm not into that. I know a lot of coaches that I follow too. You know, I've been a big focus of mine this year has been growing my coaching business. And I know, you know, I, I sign up for like all the lists and, you know, I have my own coach, but I also sign up for other coaches lists just to kind of see how they're selling and what they're doing and stuff. And I noticed like a lot of coaches try to leave the pricing point out until the last possible second and then make it this urgent, like you must buy now I don't believe in that. That's not my style personally. I'm very upfront. My three-month coaching package is an investment. It costs $1,300 and I sometimes run, you know, specials on it and webinars and stuff. And between $900 and $1,300 basically is what I would charge for a coaching package. I'm open with that because I don't want somebody coming to me and expecting to pay $200 and being disappointed or, you know, whatever. So anyway, uh, ask the budget. Any uh, legitimate business owner will know what their budget is. If they truly don't know, like sometimes I'll work with small businesses, you know, like true mom and pop shops, who who just, they, they don't know. You know, they've never hired a marketing person before. They don't really know what the average is for a social media manager or ads or anything like that. That's okay. But they will tell you, I'm not sure, like, what do you recommend? And that's okay. I think then it comes down to education, but for the most part, most legitimate, businesses will at least have some idea like because they have to have a budget for their you have a budget for your business i know that i can't afford to spend five thousand dollars on somebody this month to help me out i just know that i know you know i know in my head what a realistic range would be for if i was hiring help of any kind and i'm a very small business who kind of is still figuring things out so if i know somebody else should right so they should at least be able to give you a budget. They should at least know a budget, a marketing budget, that kind of thing. Now, if they can't, like I said, it's up to you to provide education and say, okay, this is where you bring in the range conversation. My services range from $500 to $1,500. Usually people end up a little bit in the middle, just depending on you know how many posts they want and how much content I'm creating for them something like that, a script like that, just coming up with something like that that you can tell them, is important to have like on conversation one. And I've actually considered, I've, I keep going back and forth between adding a budget line item on my contact form on my website. I don't have it right now and it's been manageable, but the more leads that I do come in, I kind of want to know before I get on the phone, just just for my knowledge, because it's also hard Again, if we haven't talked about budget yet, you know, client is expecting $300, I'm expecting 800, 900, whatever, thousand. I'm gonna be like, oh my gosh, yeah, and we can shoot these videos for you, and we can post content every single day, and we can do stories all the time, and then they're like, okay, so I have $300, and I'm like, oh, actually, we can't do any of that cool stuff that I just told you about, you know? So you don't, I think it's important to have that conversation kind of sooner rather than later. Um. My next tip for negotiation is to be friendly, to to be a professional, but to be firm. And I think especially for women, I'm generalizing of course, I am a woman though, and I know that we are not, it's not encouraged for us to be firm. It's not encouraged for us to be a boss. (laughs) We are expected to be very passive and very like, okay, sure, oh my gosh, like that's the vibe that I, I, I've I gotten that vibe before, not again, none of the clients that I work with because I work with amazing clients, but I have had prospects treat me badly. And again, that's one of the reasons that I turned down a contract recently because I didn't feel like I was getting the respect that I was giving or the respect that maybe somebody who didn't look like me would get. And again, there's sometimes just not, you can be not a fit for each other. That doesn't mean you're bad people, either one. But when it starts to be like condescending and kind of talking down to, that's when it's hard to deal with. So be friendly, you know, be a good person, be the professional that you are, but be firm. If you say, yeah, sorry, I you know, my rates are $500, my rates are $800, my rates are $1,800, whatever they are, I have to do this all the time. And it's, I am like the least confrontational person. I have had to untrain myself and relearn how to speak up for myself and be a strong business owner that I am. And I have to do it all the time. So be friendly but firm. I don't want you to go into negotiation on the defense either. I don't want you to be like, you know, like like I'm envisioning like two football players or like two boxers walking into the ring. Like it's a conversation. And But just be prepared to stand up for yourself. Not look for a fight. Not be rude. But just to know where you have to draw the line and know when you need to walk away. I I hope that makes sense. It shouldn't be a negative thing. It's just a conversation. But unfortunately, I do think that, and everybody experiences this from time to time, of course. But, you know, I just, I see some of my male peers and even people who I've worked with before have these conversations and they just are so, I don't know, it's just usually a different conversation. And I'm not saying that's even the client or the prospect's fault. I think it's something that, you know, women are, we don't have that innately in us. And I think that's societal, you know, it's a societal construct because society teaches us to be nice girls and to like, you know, be good and like follow the rules. And I think men are often praised for being innovators and risk takers a little bit more. Now I do think that that gap is closing, but you know, you know, and of course this is advice for everybody, but I'm just speaking from my experience as a female uh, I've gotten a lot of that. So I do have to remind myself, Latasha, be firm, do not cave, do not just say okay, sure. And um, be firm. On that same note, another thing that has really helped me in negotiation is avoiding some of those passive words. I have tried to avoid these passive words just in general in my communication, in my business communication. Over the past couple of years, it's been something that I've really, really been working on. But especially when it comes to any type of money talk, negotiation, that kind of thing, I really try to avoid words like "just" and "typically." So you know, oh yeah, I I just wanted to talk to you about the proposal. Versus, I wanted to talk to you about the proposal today, or um, I I I pulled up this proposal so we can talk about it today. Those are two different. Approaches, you know, do you see the difference there? Or typically, yeah, so I typically charge my clients, you know, $500 for this package versus this package costs $500. Or for this amount of photos and content, that would be $500 per month. Like, do you see the difference? I mean, it's very passive and like, oh my gosh, I hope they say yes. Versus this is what it is. This is what I have to offer. Let me know if you want to sign. And just doing those little things have really helped, I think, get me a bit more respect in the workplace. Just in general, this is true for like working in corporate America too, just avoiding passive words and passive language and and all that good stuff has helped me out a lot. Again, I'm a big believer in intuition too, which sounds very hippy dippy. I know I'm a little bit hippy dippy, but I do believe that. I think I can tell you all day long, like, do this, do that. But at the end of the day, I think you know when a connection is right and when it's worth going back and forth for. There are certain prospects that I've had that I know are just looking for the cheapest deal. They don't really want to work with me. They're just shopping for the cheapest deal. So they're just saying, you know, seeing if I'll say yes to their their low offer in which case, I'm not going to budge at all. I'm not interested, and this is again not to say that I'm not grateful for people coming to me and wanting to work with me and all that good stuff. But they're going to find somebody who's going to do it cheaper, and and they might find it while they're working with me. You know, if I just say, okay, fine, I'll do it for five hundred dollars, and I'm asking for two thousand or like whatever. Who's to say that they're not going to find somebody cheaper and they're going to be looking while I'm hired? And then they're gonna leave me as soon as the contract's up or break the contract or whatever. Because that's typically what's gonna happen. And not to mention, while that's happening, while I'm putting all this time and all this energy and all this work into this client, I'm saying no to people. Because that's another thing that I wrote in that Facebook group post is, there's always something better on the other side. And that also sounds very hippy-dippy, but in my experience, it's true. When I devalue myself and when I say yes to something that I know I shouldn't be, usually I'm saying no to other opportunities that are either, even if they're paying the same amount, they're better experiences for me, they're better relationships, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not feeling disrespected or I don't get condescending vibes or anything, And so it's important to be selective because you saying yes to one client is you saying no to another potential or saying no to working on something else like, you know, building a course of your own or an ebook or starting that podcast or something else that might be able to bring you some revenue and might be a better use of your time than you running around, you know, trying to make a couple hundred bucks for a client who talked you down. I actually took kind of a panic client not too long ago. And I don't know why, I just was freaking out. I think I was just in a dark, weird place, and I don't know what was going on. But I I said yes to somebody who, you guys, if I were to tell you how much I was charging, you would laugh in my face. You would be so surprised because I knew that it was way too low, and I still said yes because I was coming from this place of panic, and I actually ended up having to say no to uh, some coaching clients because my, I was booked. I was too busy and this was a lot of work. And again, I don't want to generalize, but I'll say, well, I don't want to generalize, but generally, but I guess I'm generalizing. Generally speaking, the clients that pay the lowest often want the most work. And again, that does not mean that they're bad people. I just want to clarify. It usually means they're a very small you know, startup business who is trying to make their dollar stretch as far as they can. I totally get that. We do that. I actually just tweeted about this. I was like, freelancers, we got to understand that free does not equal good or, you know, better. I see freelancers all the time complaining about freelance services charging and things like that. So I get it. Like we're in early stages of our business. So are they. So we have to be understanding of that. But I will say that's just a word to the wise. Typically, contracts that are really low actually end up... (laughs) making me work the most. So I want you to keep that in mind when it comes to just budgeting and how low you're going to go and that kind of thing, because feeling resentful is one of the worst things in a freelance relationship. You know, there's so many things actually about freelancing that truly are like regular dating relationships or even friendships. I don't want to date a guy who just wants to date the girl who was the easiest to date or who was just there or, you know, took the least effort <laughs> to to get on a date. I want to date a guy who really, really wants to date me and is really passionate about me and only dating me. And same thing for freelance clients. You know, I don't want to work with somebody who just wants the cheapest or just wants somebody who will cave to the pressure of finally saying yes. I want to work with somebody who understands my value and who is, you know, who gets it and wants to truly work with me. So it's a tough one. You know, you got to know when when to say yes. And I do think, you know, I think that sometimes freelancers and creatives can be, we can have an ego. I'm not going to lie to you and say that I don't have a bit of a creative ego because I do. And that's something that I also have to work on with myself too is taking criticism and not being personally offended by it or taking somebody saying, hey, can you do this for Five hundred dollars instead, and not taking it personally. I can still say no to it because I still know that it just doesn't make sense financially for me. But I don't need to take it personally. They're not saying you're not worth eight hundred dollars, or maybe they are. But either way, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't take it personally. Um, So that's definitely something that's tough for me, but I'm learning to do, and I'm, I'm. trying to coach myself to do that because I can't. I think, I think a lot of creatives and a lot of business people can have a bit of an ego and we can get so in our heads sometimes. And it is important to humble yourself a little bit and to listen to what the market is saying too. I mean, I would love to charge everybody a million dollars personally, but I know that the market does not demand that. Okay. So it is important to be in touch with reality too, I think. So that's really it. I mean, my, my story that I posted, I really said no for many reasons. I said no, number one, because they slipped some things into the contract that was not discussed. That was, well, it actually was discussed. And they specifically said one thing and then they put the other thing in the contract. That was a huge red flag for me because, you know, that's deceptive. And that could have trapped me. I could have done a bunch of work. And that I didn't do this one piece that we said I wasn't going to do. And then they could have not paid me money or sued me to get the money that they already paid me back, technically. Now, would they have? Probably not. But you never know. And it's a red flag. Or I would have ended up just doing it because knowing me, that's how I am. I First of all, I always under promise over deliver to my clients as it is so I probably would have done it anyway I just didn't want it to be a non-negotiable that I had to do this thing yeah so that was red flag number one that really rubbed me the wrong way and then when I brought it up I was kind of talked down to like it was kind of like oh well why can't you just do it and I'm like because I specifically asked you about it and that's the the price that I gave you was reflective of you saying xyz so that really bothered me because I just felt very disrespected and you don't want to feel resentful in a relationship. Like I said, that's like the worst thing I've been in that situation where I feel like I, I'm not valued and I feel like I could be making more money or being happier somewhere else. You don't want to feel like that. That's probably why a lot of you left your day job or were thinking of leaving your day job. And again, I'm not trashing on my any of my past day jobs or any of your day jobs, but let's be honest. That's why a lot of people... Do leave is because they don't feel valued or appreciated or like they have room to grow. You don't want to leave your day job to do that in a freelance job. It doesn't make sense. You should just stay in your day job. So that was kind of the first thing. And then I think after that, I just really started to sit down and think about the numbers. And I was like, you know what? I already kind of gave them a deal, to be honest. And considering the fact that they're already being quite rude to me. And that they're sneaking things into contracts, so I'm going to go ahead and assume that I'm going to be doing more work than what's actually written in the contract, or they're going to be expecting that. And if I do any less, then I'm going to feel, you know, like I'm not doing a good job. So because of that, I decided to back out. And we went a couple of rounds of me saying, hey, like, I, I you know, I get where we're coming from. If you want this additional social post or whatever it was. I can do it for X, Y, Z more. And they just like would shoot it down immediately. And I just knew that this was the type of a client that didn't want to work with me, that didn't want to hear me out. And that again, just didn't really value what I was saying. And I think they really just wanted an employee to be honest, but they didn't want to have to pay the legal and health care and stuff like that. So yeah, that was kind of my story, but I hope this was helpful. I mean, I really, I'm I'm still learning through these things myself, but I do think that negotiation is something that you should be very prepared for, as prepared for as you can. And just don't fear it. Just look at it as a conversation, but a serious conversation. Be serious about it. Don't put like smiley faces in your, you know, in your proposals. Be be firm, be happy, be friendly, be professional, but be firm. So anyway, if this episode helped you out, please make sure to leave a review, and if you're on YouTube, you can thumbs up the video if you liked it. Subscribe if you haven't yet. I do post videos every single week. They're not all like this. I post, like, vlogs and sit-down chatty videos as well, but I do sometimes post podcasts on here as well, and yeah, there's gonna be two episodes left in season three of the Freelance Friday podcast, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. You can subscribe on Apple, and you can listen on Spotify and, like, all of the different podcasting platforms, and and I got a really great interview coming up for you next week and then I'll have kind of a final fun community focused episode for the last episode so thank you I will see you in the next one and comment down below if you're on YouTube and let me know do you have any other tips for negotiation have you experienced anything like this before let me know I'd love to chat down in the comments with you and yeah I'll talk to you in the next episode bye And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday Podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at A Journey East with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro-Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro-Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.